This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Kansas City! Damian Williams runs to immortality! Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. No, I went to Temecula and brought here some dirt. And this is how you use this dirt. No, you like don't, you, don't. You do it like this, you get it, no, you sort of rub it on. Okay, now I'm ready to go. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. How about a pull-up three? Grace Pilot is good! Everything happening in the sports world. The game is over! And the Chiefs kingdom has firmly planted its flag on top of football's highest summit. And even some things not happening in the sports world. I'll probably wrap up in a blanket or something. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Kick it! Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in the entire city of McPherson, wearing his pink here this afternoon. Thanks, Steve pink. Sell. Thanks, Steve. Pink. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. What was that you just said? I said, think pink. There you go. And if you're listening and you're going to the basketball game tonight, if you're not wearing pink right now, dig around in your closet, wherever, get something pink, put it on, because it's Think Pink Night at the Roundhouse, and it'll be a wonderful night. It's just a wonderful thing that they do, uh, the McPherson High girls basketball team. Uh, they raise money for women and children combating cancer. And uh, I did a little short story on it today. Coach Strathman told me that, uh, with the money they've raised this year, they have gone over $50,000 in money raised in the 13 years of this. They, uh, I think last year they were close to $4,000. Uh, what they have, you know, they have a fundraiser, a free throw shooting fundraiser. Yeah. Not just the McPherson High team, but I think the uh, also involved in this night, uh, the middle school team, the girls, you know, the little girls teams. They they introduce all the teams, and man, it's, it's quite a sight because you see – the past or the future and present of, McFer of McPherson girls basketball. And Coach Stratham has done an incredible job. I know Coach Ellett, Coach Prescott, they've played a big role, I'm sure. And Coach Lecker, you know, she played in the, all the Think Pink games, and now she's on staff. So they do a wonderful job. Now, Steve, I think you old, undersold the amount that they raised last year. Okay. They raised a record last year, $7,593. Oh yeah, I didn't realize it was that much. I, I was getting this mental picture of the check, and I remember one year they raised, it was $3,700, and I thought at that time that was just a phenomenal amount. But uh, the people really opened their hearts uh, this year, and, and got we got some, uh, Coach Stratton said we got some late donations. So uh, there will be four women that will be announced or be recognized I believe, I think it's four, and they tell a little bit about their story. They're women who either ha are in remission or are battling cancer, and they give their stories, and they're very uplifting. And I encourage everyone to get to the game tonight and wear your pink. I mean, if I'm, if I'm going to put on pink, everyone out there needs to put on pink because I don't wear a lot of pink. I figured you did. I, I figured that you just have a lot of red and white shirts that my, have just my, mixed in the laundry. My buddy, Belly Boy, he he just lathers himself in pink. He wears a big pink fan. Lot. Big fan of pink. Well, I've got my, my pink bullpup basketball shirt on. I see on. that. I see that. I'm, I'm ready to go. Okay. Steve, I think it might also be Think 
not sick night inside the roundhouse. Right. Think healthy night. Yeah. Because it feels like every single place in this entire state is just being plagued by the flu. Yeah. That so many people are getting sick. I have had three different basketball coaches that have told me today, not local coaches, all kind of all across the state, that have said, we have three starters that are out sick. We have two starters that are out sick. Oh, we've got five players that are sick. Three different ones have told me today that they are battling sickness, and I think you and I are trying to scathe off the sickness as well. Well, that's, yeah, we've, we've, I think, you know, at this time of year, uh, there's so many games played. I think, you know, and, you know, you and I, we go to a ton of games, not just the high school. We have college games we cover. I think people just get run down and their immune systems just can't, you know, fight it off because there's a lot of, sickness in the air and you go to different places and you know you try to wash your hands as much as possible i'm always washing my hands and putting on uh whatever that stuff is you put on dermex or whatever it's called the uh the uh, thing you put on your hands to you know to keep your hands sanitized the sanitizer that's what i was hand sanitizer hand sanitizer i was gonna let you work through it well I, i was struggling it was. It was. A I thought you were going to get there. I, I was working on it. I, the wheels. You could just hear the wheels. You know that stuff that you put on that sanitizes your hands. Oh yeah, hand sanitizer. I, I had a feeling you well, could get there. You have there. to remember, I'm perpetually confused. Anybody that knows me that I'm perpetually confused. Well, Steve, we can talk a little bit more about McPherson's matchup with Andale tonight. Two really big games, as well as the Think Pink night going on inside the Roundhouse. I walked in. I wasn't hanging out with you last night, but I did walk in and saw you were watching something. And I wanted to ask you about it. I think you were watching part two of the Michael Vick documentary series on ESPN. I actually, I watched it and then they started to show the dog fighting and I turned it off. Okay. Very sickening. So I couldn't watch it anymore. Well, I wanted to just ask you, your, did, did you see the first part of it? Because you were watching part two. I did, yeah. And, and I, I bet I didn't watch you. You just happened to probably pop in when I was about five minutes in. And then when they when they showed the dogs fighting, I, I I can't I can't handle that. I I just think that is inhumane. Well, I wanted to ask you in terms of watching and learning a little bit more about this moment in history with the Michael Vick thirty for thirty series. I think they might have one more part that's coming out. I just wanted to hear what you thought of it after stepping back, whatever it's been 10, 12 years since all the incidents were occurring, and and see how you were feeling about it now i i, t- I certainly think i know i don't want to know what your thoughts are on dog fighting because i think you probably are not a big fan of oh, dog fighting i think it's more it's of perception of michael vick uh michael vick's actually i think he's stayed pretty low he's laid pretty low here uh, lately you don't hear much about him i'm not even sure what he's doing now i i have no idea because uh i haven't followed him too much but michael vick was one of those guys that you know, he burst. He was kind of like a comet. You know, when he burst on the league, we hadn't really seen a guy quite like him. I think he was probably the fast. You know, Randall Cunningham was a really great quarterback with his athleticism, but Michael Vick's athleticism was off the charts. He had a rocket arm, kind of a scatter shooter. You know, he, he wasn't real accurate, but he always made breathtaking plays. I know in fantasy football, he got drafted pretty high because he could both run and pass. So. You know, he gave you, as a fantasy football owner, he gave you yards both passing and running, though his passing numbers were never really eye-popping. I don't think he had like a 400-yard games or anything like that because he missed a lot of passes. He just wasn't very accurate. 
but he could run for 100, 120 a game and score a couple touchdowns on the ground. But, you know, it seemed like um, his career kind of flamed out. Um, I can't remember who all the – Well, yeah, because he went to jail. Yeah, he went to jail. But he was with, what, the Eagles and the Falcons? Did he ever end up – he would have been a perfect. He was ra- on the Steelers at one point as a I th- third I figured he, stringer. I figured he was probably a Raider at some point because he would have fit in with the Raiders. But do you remember after all of the dog finding incidents and the prison time was up? Do you remember where he landed? I don't. You don't remember where his first stopping ground was? I don't. The Eagles and Andy Reid. Is that right? Do you not remember that? I don't. He remember came that. back on either a Monday night or a Sunday night game. It was a prime time game and had a big run for a touchdown. Okay. See, I don't remember that. I just wanted to hear what you thought, and maybe you just haven't paid enough attention to it to really have a good conversation about this in terms of the perception of Michael Vick now compared to what it was whenever the dogfighting incident was going on and he was in the news all the time and went to Leavenworth and spent... Now, how long was he in jail? Do you have that handy? I can't answer that question off the top of my head, but okay. I was thinking somewhere along the line of, of one year. Yeah. So remember, he was on the Falcons 2001 to 2008. Right. He then went back to the Eagles in 2009. Well, he was not on the team anymore in 2007. That was when he went to jail or prison. He was up in Leavenworth. I don't have an exact amount of time, but it was around a year. I bet they had a good prison football team then. Yeah, I bet that they could. The, the, <laughs> the, what was it called? Gridiron Gang or the Longest Yard? Yeah, Longest Yard. They could have done he a could great have been job Paul of that. Crew. But I think that his perception at the time was obviously really, really, really bad. Oh, it was terrible. And, of course, you go to prison for something like that, and especially on something that strikes a nerve with people, you know, dogs, yeah. pets, yeah. children, whales. There are a few things that really strike a nerve with people, and especially with women, and that I still see a lot of times on Facebook, anybody that talks about Michael Vick and this being brought up, I especially see it with people that are sensitive to the dog aspect of this, that there is the conversation of, I don't care what he says, I don't care how much time he served, I don't care one thing about what happens from here on out. I've seen the videos, I've seen the pictures of the dog fighting, that guy is dead to me. Yeah, I I still see that stance all the time. But I have come around to kind of understand a little bit of what happens, and, and frankly, I understand why somebody would hold this against him and you could never change their mind that Michael Vick is in the doghouse, but bad metaphor there. I didn't mean that, but he, he is in on their bad side right. in terms of that. They don't want anything to do with him. And I understand that, but I, I've tried to learn a little bit more about him. And I know that there is the argument of talking about, Hey, this is kind of what he grew up around. This wasn't that weird to him. And the other element of it, too, is sometimes you see people that maybe you don't think they actually care when they come out and say, hey, I'm sorry, I apologize, I've learned, I'm moving on, I'm I'm trying to start a new life. And there are people that I don't believe that with. I'll give you one example, which resonates very similar to this, O.J. Simpson. He could have said anything in 1995 and said, look, I'm I'm turning a new leaf. We're doing a new thing here. And I really don't believe him. No. He could come out and say anything today. Hey, I'm starting this kid's charity. I'm great. Uh, I don't really believe you, OJ. No but, one's going to believe But with OJ. Michael Vick, I really did get a sense of reform. And I think he felt remorse for what happened. 
And I understand that there will be people that will never forgive him. Yeah. And I don't want to use the word forgive, but I understand. And I think that he has served his time. And I think that he understood what happened. And I watched the first part where it didn't dive as much into the actual investigation and the dog finding itself, but learning more about Michael Vick and learning about kind of leading up to all of that. Mm -hmm. And I really do think as soon as it happened, he felt remorse. And I think you could tell that. Well, he probably didn't realize just how bad of a thing it was. I don't think he realized. Because where he allegedly, you know, where he grew up, that was kind of, you know, acceptable behavior, I guess. And I, I don't think he understood and then I think all of a sudden, he did. When they say, hey, time to go to Leavenworth, I think he began to understand. And I think that he was also very appreciative of all of his opportunities to come back. I just really got the sense that he does have remorse for this, which I don't always get from people, but I do in this circumstance. And I think there are people that will never forgive him. But I think he's a really nice story of being able to overcome something like this because... There are guys that have never been able to overcome something that has happened to them and be able to come back and do something positively. Well, I don't know what he's doing with his life now. Do you happen to know what he's doing? I hope he made some donations to like National Humane Society or something like that. And I that. think he has, but I think at the same time, there are people that do not care yeah. what he will do at this point, and I understand I it. I understand it, too. I think my mother would be one that Tracy. she doesn't care. Yeah. Anytime those... The commercials come on where they sing in the arms of the angels. Oh, Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah, she yeah. can't watch that. I can't watch that either. And I think I'm somebody I think somebody like my mother will never care what he does again. And this isn't just about football. Yeah. It, it's not just that he came back and, and had some success and but I just thought it was overcoming all of that this was. Because remember, this was a huge, huge, huge story for several months. For oh, several years yeah. that this was a huge story. And I think there is some forgiveness, maybe not forgiveness, but there are people that have began to move on a little bit and, and at least recognize that I think he felt remorse. Well, I really hope he did because, you know. I think he did. I think he does. I really do. I couldn't watch much of the that film clips of dogs fighting. That is just very difficult to take. Well, anyway, Steve. I, I encourage anybody that hasn't began to watch this yet. It is on ESPN. It ran last night. I'm sure it'll be on many times over. On the 30 for 30 on Michael that, You Vick. know, those are great. Those 30 for 30s. I think ESPN does an unbelievable job on those. Pony Excess, that's always one of my favorites. Great one. The, the two U's, Miami University. Have you watched the one on Dennis Rodman? I have. Oh, I have. That's a good one. Oh, yeah, he's all over the place. Um, yeah, the... They call them 30 for 30 because I think at first they were just, they're going to do 30. 30 stories on 30 years of yeah. ESPN yeah. And, and coverage. Yeah, and then, of course, they've done probably 60 of them by now. There's just a, they've done a great job. They on have those. done 107. Okay, 107. Well, they really do a great job on those. Anytime I see it, I've seen very few 30 for 30s that I can't watch. Maybe like, you know, something about the soccer over in England or something. I didn't watch that because that didn't interest me too much. But most of them are really tremendous. Great ways to learn. Yeah, they are. All right, Steve, let's take our first break. When we come back, let's talk a little bullpup basketball tonight. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by... 
Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. We're back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve Sell. Yes, sir. Bullpup basketball tonight, back at home. Think pink, think pink. You and I were trapped inside the roundhouse over the last two weeks, <laughs> and it was nice to get outside and go to a different facility, even though we got lost at hey, Wichita Collegiate. Hey, a lot of chili that we, last we, week. We, we did eat a lot of chili. We ate a lot of little sandwiches. Yeah. Big fan. Big fan. There will no, there will be no hospitality room tonight. No, that's a shame. Maybe some ice cream, though. There might be some ice Ooh, cream there for you. Could be. Steve, before one of the games, had a huge bowl of ice cream and then just sat there and I think felt very sad with his life and all of his choices. <laughs> and he was like, oh, I, I shouldn't have had two scoops. I, I just, had two scoops. I should have just had one. Yeah, I had two scoops, and that second scoop was probably one scoop too many. But anyway couple of really big games for the McPherson I teams tonight. And like I said yesterday, with these two Andale teams, their record doesn't pop out at you and you go, wow, that's that's a great team. It's not like they're 11 and 1, 13 and 0, 12 and 2. They're 9 and 4. And Good 9 enough. and 9 and 4 doesn't pop out at you and, and make you afraid immediately. Whereas if Bishop Carroll comes in and they're 14 and 0, 15 and 0, you immediately say uh-oh. But these Andale teams are two teams that both Coach Kinneman and Coach Strathman are not taking lightly no. this week because they know how physically tough these two Andale teams are. And I think especially the Andale boys' resume, the teams that they have lost to and the ways that they have lost all these games, it's scary. Yeah. Their, their only bad loss this year is the same team that McPherson had its only bad loss against. And that's Andover. Remember, McPherson lost, what, 82-63 yeah, against Andover? Well, Andale had a very similar game. I think it was the next game that Andover played. They played Andale. It's getting very confusing with Andale yeah, Andover. Yeah. But their other losses, May South, a very good team this year. Always. Losing by four. They lost to Wichita Collegiate by 10, but it was much closer than that. Kind of got away in the last couple of seconds. They also lost to Cheney, who Cheney's has been one of the best teams in 3A this yeah, year. Yeah, Cheney's really good. So all of their losses are to very good teams. And then you look at the Andale girls, and they've lost twice to Nickerson, who is the one of the best teams in Class 4A on the west side of the state. They've lost to Garden Plain, who is their next-door neighbor. I think they're in the same school district. Well, and they also co-op in... In, in a in, few in base, sports, in, softball. In, yeah, baseball, softball. So they lose that get to them, and then they lost by two to May South, who has been one of the best teams in 5A. So both of these teams, I know they're 9-4, and four, but these are going to be two monster games tonight inside the roundhouse. The Bullpup boys trying to bounce back, and especially in their game, this could be a slugfest, low-scoring game. On the McPherson girls' side, they're trying to keep rolling, but this is an Andale team that plays differently than they do. And I think that's a part of the reason why both games tonight have the chance to be very competitive and go down to the wire. Well, I like the girls' chances much better than the boys. I think, I mean, they both can win, but I, I think the girls, provided everybody's healthy, there's been some sickness going around, but uh, if everybody's 
can play. I like the girls' chances very strongly. Uh, Andale doesn't score a lot of points. They're not a high-scoring team, and what's going to be important is the Bullpups to get them sped up. Um, in the boys' game, when you think of Andale, you think of one thing, toughness. And you said it earlier. This Andale kids are tough. They are mentally tough. They are physically tough. Uh, it looks like they've all been locked in the weight room. They threw away the key. That's that's what I told Coach Kinneman this morning. I said, I think Andale and McPherson, I was thinking about it last night, I think that both towns are very similar in terms of the amount of athletes that come out, just very well-rounded in terms of being able to play multiple sports, being very competitive in everything. Football is good right now. They're strong. But I said, I think maybe the Andale kids are having – a few more glasses of milk at night. God, and I think that like, maybe they have one more steak a week. Yeah, I mean, they are physical. And the other thing the Andale boys have, they've got a home run hitter. Uh, Easton Hunter can really light it up. We saw him. Really, he had his breakout game where he really became known statewide when uh, he came here and and lit it up uh, when the Bullpups lost here. The last time the teams played here, the Bullpups lost like by 10, I think it was. 54 to 43. And 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 Easton Hunter lit it up that night. And I remember he made some threes. And another kid who made a bunch of threes too. And uh, since then, we've gone down to Andale two years in a row. And the combined winning total in those two games is three points. And they have all come down Slug to the final bet. possession. Mason Alexander, I believe, hit a game winner he did. two years ago. That was like the 36-34 game. There you go. And then last year was like a 42-41 game. So Andale, they... They're very physical. They don't. They play at one speed. Jeff Buchanan, uh, he still remember the uh, the uh, inbounds play he drew up that almost won the game last year. And we said, man, we need that play in our playbook. That was a great play. They, I can't remember. It was a, it was a last second play. It was two years ago. Was it two years ago that happened? Okay. Well, anyway, Coach Buchanan does a great job, and uh, uh, I know Coach Kinneman has a lot of respect for him. And of course, Ted Anderson is the girls' coach at Andale. He used to be at Valley Center. And uh, uh, I know Coach Strathman says, you know, they'll be as prepared as any team we play this year. And I said it just a moment ago, but I just see so many comparisons to these two schools right now at being pretty well-rounded and pretty good at everything. Yeah. And, and the other thing that's just so impressive about Andale to me is they have so much participation across the board. And they're not a big community. No. There's so much participation and they won both state track and field titles last year. Oh, they were awesome. And they year. rolled out like 180 athletes that well, football, were taking have, the they pictures. They have like 120 kids out for football every year. And they won 4A or excuse me, 3A state in football mm -hmm. this past year going 13 and 0 and pummeling everybody in their path. I just see so many comparisons and similarities between these two programs, between these two communities. Very history rich very athletic-driven, and I think that that's what makes... I don't know if this is a rivalry. I don't know if you would consider it to be that. I think there's a. it's a respectful series is what it is. Both teams respect the heck out of each other. And, and in the girls' game, McPherson's got something going for them that Andale doesn't. They're wearing pink uniforms. And the Bullpups have shot the lights out in those pink unis. They're 12-0 I mean, in the pink uniforms. Yeah, they're 12-0 in the pink uniforms. And they've had... I think it was... A, I want to say it was a Think Pink night... When Tanner Hine made like seven threes for the Bullpups in a game, I'm sure T. Rob probably had eight or nine in a game wearing the pink. But uh, anyway, uh, those those pink uniforms seem to bring a little extra magic to the Bullpups. The other thing that I just see with the Andale players is so many of them 
are successful in other sports. Right. And, and that's what's so fun about this, where you look at each team's best player, they are terrific and, and state champion caliber athletes in track and field. They're state champion caliber athletes in football. They're state champion caliber athletes in volleyball. And you see a family legacy. There's X, Knobloks, Fairchilds. It just seems like you look on a on an Andale roster. Bruce. Every, yeah, Bruce. You look on you look on the roster every year, and there's at least one kid with that name. I don't know if they're brothers, sisters, cousins, I don't know. What do you think they say when they Play McPherson. I don't know. Probably the same thing. Yeah, there's a lot of Alexanders and Piles and and things like that. You know, on the boys' side especially. So, but uh, a lot of Knobloks. Now there's a Knoblock girl. I know it's one. Of their, remember uh, Hunter Knoblock was a great uh, player for Andale. Bo, uh, I think it was Bo Knoblock. Uh, you know, was a. Was I a, know Chuck Knoblock. Well, he, he wasn't from Andale, though. I don't know. Maybe he was. Former Royal. Former Royal and New York Yankee. Yeah, but but anyway, and really, Twins is where he made his mark, I think, more than anything else. But, um, yeah, they've got a legacy, too. So, um, should be two great games tonight. Uh, get out, and again, get out for the 6 o'clock game with your pink on. It'd be cool to just see a bunch of pink in the stands tonight. There you go. We will take one more break. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE, Steve Sell. Yes, sir. Are you ready for a busy weekend of basketball? Yes, it is. Very big, very big weekend. Not only do we have the Bullpups in action tonight taking on Andale, 6 o'clock inside the Roundhouse, but home Bulldog basketball. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night inside the Sports Center. And two games that are just huge for both teams. If we were ranking their biggest games at home on the season this year... This is it for both teams. These two might be their biggest. Because... The implications of the league races. And the McPherson women play a Bethel team uh, that's right with them, you know, in the standings. And if you beat the teams that are around you in the standings, you move ahead of them, you know, you're, you're basically you beat them, you're, you're moving them down the totem pole. And you got six teams right now fighting for three spots. Uh, the, the top five on the women's side are pretty well set. Yeah. But then you've got six, six teams. Uh, fighting it out for three spots. Only St. Mary and uh, York are out of it on the women's side. And then on the men, the Mac men, uh, what did Coach Esklin say? We're, we're a half game out of third and we're a game up out of seven or a game away from being in seventh. So that's how congested the top seven on the KCAC men's side is because the Bulldogs were in great shape. And, and the game that really, when you look back now, that Sterling game they lost uh, last Saturday night, that was a real – damaging game for them because Oklahoma Wesleyan or Ottawa turned around and lost Oklahoma Wesleyan lost that night. So all three teams, Mac, Ottawa and Oklahoma Wesleyan have lost in the last week. And Bethel, which comes here tomorrow night is about the hottest team going. They've won five of their last six. Right. 
And I just think both games are, are huge for both teams, and I think this is the night, if you are a Bulldog fan and haven't seen these teams play yet, this is the night to get out there. Yeah, and, and it's a 5 o'clock start for the women, 7 o'clock start for the men, so, you know, you still get home early enough to, you know, do whatever you want to do. And, and uh, Bethel brings a great crowd. And uh, and if you're a fan of Cody Cape that used to play for the McPherson Bullpups, he's a assistant coach for Bethel's men. He played at Bethel. He stayed on as an assistant coach. And, you know, he uh, – uh, Bethel is good. Oh, they, yeah. They beat – you saw them play. They beat the Bulldogs by 15 and really dominated that game earlier in the season. That was right before Mac – that was just before Mac got on a roll. I think it was after that game they won 10 of their next 11. Well, Steve, we're looking forward to a busy weekend. Yeah. Stay healthy. I'll try. Stay warm. Uh, you bet. <laughs> Wrapping up today's show for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tonight inside the Roundhouse. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.